What's up, humans? Welcome to the Human Music Podcast. I'm Luke Rain. My co-hosts are Tesco and Rip Kinney, and we are all music producers, artists, and producer coaches. This show is where we discuss all things music production and interview amazing creatives about their origins, their process, and whatever else comes up. This week is episode 111, Arrangement and Transitions. It's not just what you do in your music, it's when you do it in the song. Context is important. How do you prepare a listener for the change in musical sections? Where do you build tension and where do you give release? How many great ideas do you need to have in a song? When do you add things and when do you take them away? Are you doing too much? Also, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yes, the song of the week that you're hearing behind me is Rip Kenny. How Do I Become, his latest single. Go check that out at the links below. And we got a link to the Human Music Song of the Week Spotify playlist where you can listen to Rip Kinney and a whole bunch more tunes from us and our guests. And while you're down there, make sure to support our sponsors like Dojo TV, where you can get free producer live stream classes from the producer Dojo Senseis. And uh, we do this podcast about every other week over there, too. Next up is Tesco's Patreon, where you can get access to his Discord, track feedback, private lessons, and more. Or the weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And of course, guest practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class is free at the Approach. You can get... Uh, access to our socials free sound packs and a whole lot more over at thehumanmusicpodcast.com but without further ado let's get on into this episode hello people of earth this is tesco with rip kenny and trap jesus and you're listening to the uh human music podcast Woo! Human Music Podcast. I like it. I'm going to start the podcast. Do it. I dare you. I dare you. No, I dare you. I fucking double dog dare you. triple dare you. You can't triple dare a double dare. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. I dog triple a triple dog dare dog. Rough, 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 rough. Triple jump. Can you triple dare a triple dare? I can. Well, but I just did. It might actually, you know, compromise the fabric of space time. <laughs> it might oh, yeah. compromise the space fabric of. This is the dog. other way to you get to the multiverse. <laughs> it's the other way to get to the multiverse of madness. <laughs> but what's up, humans, and welcome mm. to the Human Music Podcast. And that's what it's called. Ooh, we uh, back, 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 back. Back it up, like juvenile. welcome new nice. and old humans. Nice, I th- you really had to try not to do back like we left something. I it know really you did. did. It was you like, like you like made that like stutter into like a nice little edit. It was beautifully done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, get it, got got to go with the happy accidents there, Morty. You, <laughs> <laughs> you do, you really do. So, you know when you're making a song and you have a section and you want a different section? What do you do, Tesco? How do we do that? Well, it's important that songs have multiple sections. What's a song? Mm. A song is just a bunch of sections. Cool. Um, What's a section? 
So a section is four to eight bars of music. A section is probably What's what music? most people get stuck in. It's just a recursive loop. <laughs> this is going to be the whole hour self-defining it. What's um, taters, precious? <laughs> you know, um, potatoes. Is that a commercial? No, that is a Lord of the Rings quote. Oh, well, uh, it's out of our out of our cartoon wheelhouse here. Well, that's yeah, the one that took us off the rails. That's <laughs> yeah, the one. Turns out, a lot of people I hang with know that reference for sure. <laughs> well, just like Lord of the Rings, something that makes good music, which is just the collection of sections, mm. where a section is a part of music, mm. which is a collection of sections. Mm. Um, a very important aspect is to have progression and to have different intensities, just like Lord of the Rings is in all battle scenes. And it's not all scenes of, you know, peace at, in the Hobbit hole, Ville, whatever. What's a Hobbit hole? <laughs> so, so, um, thank you. You know, if uh, we, we have to, yeah. uh, so the thing is, uh, I, I've taught a lot of students and I'm sure you guys as well where they know a lot of technical stuff and they can produce well and do, you know, good mix downs and stuff, but their music is still lacking a certain aspect and they feel like they aren't writing full cohesive tracks. And one thing to consider if you find yourself with a lot of technical ability, but the inability to write compelling music is you need to be thinking not only about what you're able to do, but when you do certain stuff. So for example, like if you go to the office, you're probably going to be using different words than on the construction site. And you're probably going to be using a different set of vocabulary to uh, negotiate uh, uh, a pay raise or something with your boss than you are, you know, getting stoned with your friends. So keeping in mind, like context when you're communicating is also true for music too and you got to keep in mind like if you're in the library don't start shouting aka if you're in the intro don't like blast the listener with something directly in their face uh you know another quick example is like people know that like cutting the beat out before the next section hits is like a very effective transition trick and it has a lot of impact and you know you can ask yourself like do i want to use this going from the intro into the verse where I don't need as much impact or can I use this technique maybe from the build into the drop or the pre-chorus into the chorus where I, I want maximum impact. And so the more kind of tools and stuff you learn your musical vocabulary, you'll also learn better placement of when to use certain techniques, which ones are more in your face, which ones are more subtle and laid back and so on. And, and yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on the topic as well. Man, I think uh, what comes to mind for me is, you know, something I learned from Ill Gates where he talks about, you know, it's like you've got these different sections, the A, B and C, you know, the A is for building tension, the B is for providing that release and the C is to throw you a curveball. But, you know, he mentioned that most producers coming up get caught up in writing the pieces but what you really got to be focused on is writing the transitions from one emotional state to another. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't just have chunk A, chunk B, chunk C, and then smush them together and be like song. 
because then it's just jarring and like why why did we change how did we change how did we get here you've got to do those those subtle things to get the listener prepared for that jump which is why stuff like drum builds work so well so where you like break everything down repeat stuff it's like super clear like this section of the song is like a ramp ramping you up and then it's like a big arrow at the end pointing like the drop is going to happen exactly three two one dance bitch yeah exactly yeah yeah well and on that note too it's like when you're making drum builds for example um the two two most common things i see where um you know uh like this would be a good example of context and knowing when to do certain techniques is like one uh buildups are typically going to be building more tension and it's not going to be as straight of a groove because you want to imply that something's coming so you're going to have more syncopated rhythms where stuff where you know the hits aren't landing as much on like the straightforward beats now one mistake i'll see is people will just have let's say you know steady claps in their buildup but then in the verses and the drops they'll be putting all sorts of kick patterns and weird snare fills and stuff which is cool sparingly it's like the same way that you know chili flakes enhance a dish but if you put way too much it's just going to be too spicy for most people also if you, you gotta if keep you cook, that in mind if you cook the chili flakes they get like four times as hot you could pretty much dump the whole bottle on if if they're just cold and you're like fine mm. that's why like at a pizza restaurant you're like dumping the whole thing on you're like it didn't get that spicy and then you put like a little bit on your broccoli as you're cooking it up and you're like holy fuck this is inedible <laughs> That is um, good to know. Yeah. But uh just real quick, so that's one thing is like having having like syncopation in in too much syncopation in the wrong sections and then having your build be too straightforward where once you start to keep arrangement and context in mind, you can be like, "All right, I know a couple different like ways of varying up the rhythm in this track. This one's the simplest, this one's the most grooviest, this one's the most syncopated, blah blah blah, and then you can find the right sections for them. Yeah. So I, yeah, Jeff's oh, to add to that. Yeah, I was just gonna say I noticed this a lot with students when um they were using like some sort of for example like a cymatics drum build and then that is separate from the drums that they used to like make the drop and basically it's just like you have to you have to think about the choice that you have like if you have a groove that is like defined and not just right on the grid in your drop it probably means you're also going to have to take a little bit more time to do the drum build in the same groove that fits and flows and it all comes together naturally um or at least like build it with the straight rhythm all the way up to like a bar before the drop. And then all of a sudden you hear like the groovy drums, like filtering in so that like, it's not so jarring. Um, but like also on the contrary, like if you're making a song that's like straight rhythm stuff and the cool parts are like the sound design or other stuff, like, yeah, like use the, like on the grid drum build, like it doesn't matter as much. You just got to think about it though. Totally. Totally. And uh, honestly, I forget my second point, but uh, to go off of that, 
No, you're good. Um, and, and to add to the point you made, which is like, yeah, if you just throw in like a drum build from somewhere, just because you feel like you need build type elements, you're kind of missing out on the whole point of arrangement, which is progression of ideas. Kind of like, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, like we talked about earlier, part of what makes it such a, uh, you know, a uh, uh, compelling story is that you get to see the progression of all these characters, not only throughout the series, but within each movie, you get to see how they change from the beginning of the movie to the end. So uh, a big part is like, don't give me five really dope ideas. Give me one really dope idea and then show it to me in the dopest way. Show it to me in a moderate way. Show it to me in its most stripped back raw way. And and I kind of draw the comparison between like, I could give you a raw diamond and it's still a diamond and it's going to be shiny. But every dimension, every bevel, whatever that I cut into it is now another dimension for light to refract off. And I can pick it up and I can look at it from different angles and stuff. And it gets prettier and shinier and so on. It's not about having more raw diamonds. It's about taking the diamond that you already have and cutting the dimensions into it to make it, you know, refract light in an appealing way. Same with your music is like the reason context is so important and we're going in on it is because if you have if you have a really strong idea and you're finding that you're um, relying too much on production like cool production techniques to make your song cool uh, and and worth listening to then you're probably appealing too much to producers and and average listeners what communicates isn't sound design porn or isn't extravagant uh phrasing that's way too hard to follow it's being able to deliver something in a logical and um uh, and clear way so have have that same idea in the intro but have it way stripped back and then for the next section maybe add a reverb to it so now it's gained one more thing and then in the build maybe have the pitch start warbling or like maybe start chopping it up and then in the drop it gets super wide and then from the drop to the break now you take away the stereo width because we've gone down in intensity and so on and all those tricks you learn about excuse me, about like uh, LFO shapes or delay times and automation and stuff, you can now put in the context of like, oh, uh, like I have a, a transition coming up from my verse into the to the build. I wanted to automate this filter open. How about I do this towards the end of the section to imply a kind of building up? I could give examples for days, but I, I just want everybody to start thinking about like, Every technique you learn, where would be the best place to put it uh, within, you know, uh, intro, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, chorus chorus type song, whatever, or, you know, build, drop, that kind of uh, dance structure. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned like this topic for a, a few reasons, but one of them is like also like as you get better and you learn all this stuff, like an equally important skill in your intermediate stage of learning production is when not to use the stuff as well. Like every mm-hmm. time you learn, like I, when I was like three years, four years into production, every time I learned something new, I just used it on everything. And I like, didn't really ask myself like, does this need this? Cause you add it and you're like, first Oh, that's find out about hot chili flakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, put it on everything. You put it on everything. And then you accidentally, 
like ruin your food a few times, then you're like, oh, shit, maybe I didn't need that much. Same thing. Like you put it on, you're like, oh, this is cooler. You have the track soloed. Really? You, this, these chili flakes don't. really fatten this sausage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sausage fattener on everything, including the master. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Every time. Two on the master for good measure. Mm. 14 OTTs. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. But like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more discerning on when to use stuff and when not to like exactly like what you said. Um, Another thing I want to mention is like I feel like as I've gotten better at songwriting, I like transitional effects and stuff like I'm just using less of them. And I think it's because Mm -hmm. as as I'm writing, like I'm not like like you said, Luke, like I'm not focusing on the parts as much. And like I know the parts that could exist or should exist for a song format that I'm going for. And then like when I'm writing the song, I'll just start with whatever section that I know, like whatever section came out of the brainstorm or whatever. And then like, as I'm writing, like you'll just like feel where that wants to go next or what should precede it. Or you have another idea and you put that later and then you're working on a different section and you're like, Oh, this feels like it should do this next. And if you follow that intuition and get a complete song that way, you will realize that all those transitional effects and stuff were kind of band-aids on a a not smooth songwriting effort. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is something that... Again, like mixing, you think you could just do the first time after you read the book and it should be great, but it takes mm-hmm. it takes time to learn and build that instinct. But it's definitely it's important to to think of it like that. Like, where does this feel like it wants to go next rather than I'm going to do a build next because <clears throat> you might miss out on like the coolest thing that song could have done. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is like I've noticed I am less rigid about how and when the parts need to come in and like mm-hmm. like for instance the song not one more that i released like last year um it starts with the c section it starts with the departure like you never get that section ever again in the song mm-hmm. and when i wrote it like that mm-hmm. i was like following my intuition and i was enjoying writing it and then i got to the end of the draft and i was like shit, this might not make any sense at all. Like, why Why does it start like this? And uh, ultimately, I was like, fuck it. I like it, left it, and and people have, I mean, I don't know. Response has been good for it. But, like, in general, that's just a good example of, like, you don't need to follow, like, the the template in your head as well. Just, like, use your instinct and you'll get to a better, more unique... So here's where I want to just apply, excuse me, a bit of pushback. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. All of us, bro. Why are you sorry? (laughs) It just every time (laughs) I'm clear and I'm about to happen, you know how it is. But uh, one thing, um, 
I, I would argue, Evan, that you've been writing music a while. So mm. you have that intuition, whereas, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well. But sometimes when what you know as a listener and what you know as a producer don't fully sync up and and so you might know better but still be making the wrong choices i would say like definitely when you've mastered that idea go out and branch off and do stuff but if you're finding yourself in loop land where you just have a bunch of 8 to 16 bar loops where you feel like all right, I'm making the time every day to make music and I'm writing ideas every day, but they're all kind of stagnant, then I would say you need to be a little more rigid with intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, or substitute pre-chorus, chorus with build, drop, and be writing out ideas, be developing them into at least three to four sections. So if you have an A section, three to four variations of that, of different intensities. If you have a B section, you know, maybe two to four, let's say, because if you have multiple A, B, C sections and you have multiple different intensities for them, it'll be very easy to make that roller coaster of emotions in your song that you want. But what's not going to fly is having idea A play at one intensity for two and a half minutes and then just hard switching into idea B, which is then going to play at full intensity for the next three and a half minutes. It's not going to make for an effective song. And I would encourage you until you have the the fundamentals down of arrangement and you can make creative choices like Evan to, to pick Pick the arrangement that resonates with the most people, which is the standard, just, you know, I would say the electronic arrangement of intro, verse, build, drop, copy, paste is just the first two thirds of the pop arrangement anyway. But however you want to to go about doing that, whether it's a dance arrangement or the pop arrangement, get used to fleshing out your ideas Uh, to progress over multiple sections. And then once you have progression down, you'll be able to manipulate arrangement and all that stuff however you please because you'll know the tricks of like, oh, here typically I would have done verse to pre-chorus or to build and I would have ramped it up here, but this time I'm going to bridge. So I know that I need actually the opposite thing here or I can use this delay trick and just let the tail ring out into the next section instead of a downlifter or blah, blah, blah. Now you have you know a better understanding of am I raising the energy or am I lowering it with the next section? And then how can I make the energy flow into the sections in this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, and uh, that that caveat that I mentioned is like it, it, the exact the exact thing that I feel about that as well. Like you, it takes time to develop that instinct and you have to first do the regular way, the accepted way and get a really solid grasp of how things should should move like you got to learn the rules before you break them. Otherwise it usually ends up a complete mess. Yeah. Um, and- so you can break them artfully and usually breaking those rules is more of like an adjustment on the execution of the rule. Yeah. 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 Well true. said. It's well like, said. It's like, Oh, well this build up, like, you know, what works for a build up. Boom, 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 boom. Bump, 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 brrrr, stop. 
drop. Yeah. It works roll. every time. Yeah, right? Stop, drop, and roll. If you're on <laughs> fire or at a dubstep concert, it's probably a Stop, good drop, idea. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, it, it that, is also... So I'll just finish the my point and then you can move. Woo! Um, worth noting that as I have followed the instinct into more creative arrangements and stuff that I've found to be like uh, some of my favorite sections of songs, it makes them a little less DJable, and I am conscious of that. And it's it's a choice. It's you know like I for whatever reason I find more enjoyment in writing. A, like more of a I don't know single like like I don't know if like you'd use the word streamable rather than DJable I don't know if that's even how you'd talk about this but it I, is I, now it's hmm. important to note that it as you follow those more interesting creative choices it does make it less DJable but mm-hmm. N- Nero's music is not oh here super we go DJable <laughs> either and if you've ever seen Nero live like some of his transitions are like take some skill at DJing like sometimes it's just like a full-on like loop repeat like slow it down and like filter it out as like do some like crazy like technical DJ effect to like get into the next song that he wants to play because it has no meaningful intro to to DJ into Mm -hmm. um and so just just be conscious of that know what you want your music to do and yeah I think like it's it's good to know that, but if your idea is cool and slightly harder to DJ, but it makes the song better, like don't not do it just right. because some hypothetical DJ might have trouble later. Because when it comes down to it, we have sweet computers to DJ now. Like we don't even have to do this shit with vinyl. We have a bunch of effects and tempo sync and all looper and all this crazy shit that you can just do inside of any of the DJ softwares. Like so we've got all these magic magic tricks to get music to move from one song to the other now. So like, don't, don't let that influence your writing too much. If you've got yeah. a good idea and it works, if yeah. you, on the other hand, find out it's like, it's not working and it makes it harder to play your song out live. Yeah. Then back to the drawing board. How can you fix this section? How can you yeah. fix this arrangement? <laughs> I'm curious um, to hear Luke, when you're writing ideas specifically and like, you know how you work in like drafts and you like to get feedback at different stages of the process when you're like writing like a minimum draft and you, you like, you get your loop down and now you're like, all right, I understand the vibe. I understand kind of the instrumentation I'm going for. Maybe you have an idea kind of on like, I want to execute on a vocal chop or something. When you have that initial kind of nugget where most people would get stuck and spin their wheels in loop. How do you take it from loop? to first draft and what are some arrangement things you think about yeah good idea um one one thing that i think is really important like people get in this super loop and they get in this idea of like what can i add what can i add what can i add and that's great for like the first section of writing the song where it's like i just need a pile of ideas that work together and that's great because then you might get you know 10, 15, 20 ideas that that you can technically stack and that technically all work at once. But remember, that then is just like the craziest moment <laughs> of your song. And usually this kind of you know method seems to work better for like more like an R&B or pop or hip hop beat 
because like usually drop based music, the drop and the and the build up are pretty distinct from each other. But it works. It can work for that, too. And what I found is that like using subtraction and like start just like start soloing shit and be like, what if only these two things are playing Would that? Could that be a section? Does that is that functional? No. What if I add this thing? Ooh, that's actually ooh, that might be a dope intro or or a bridge or mm-hmm. a breakdown or, you know, ooh, these this is how I'm stacking verse one where I bring in the drums and bass first and then four bars later I bring in this melody and then four bars later I bring in all the extra percussion before we go into the pre-chorus right and then verse two like think about like how can I restack those elements and and introduce them in a different order so that even though you're hearing the same elements come in the the presentation and the experience for the listener is different it's like Okay, instead of bringing in the drums and bass and then the melody and then the percussion, what if I start with just the melody and the percussion, then bring in the bass and then hit them with the drums or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. think about which which combinations of things has the listener not experienced? Because like you said, it's not about coming up with completely new ideas all the time, especially if you've got some sort of synth instrument or vocal lead that is taking up the attention, it's about like putting this character on a different backdrop of the Mm -hmm. loops that you're, that you're going in and out of. And always think about like, how am I moving the energy? Like this addition or subtraction, what is it doing for the energy? Is it causing tension? Is it giving release? Is it, is it How giving much? me more space? Is it taking away space? And is that what I want right now? Because all mm-hmm. of those can be the right answer at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, while, while the loop stage is really important to get the skeleton of the track down and all the core ideas, certain ideas and techniques are just meant to for transitions or as just like little one-off moments uh and and stuff like that so like if you're not keeping transitions and and different sections in mind there's certain ideas that you can only explore going from a less intense section into a more intense section and maybe that's cutting out the beat and then delaying a reverse vocal to delay into the next section and then catch the snare of the next beat or something, right? Even just saying that, maybe you know what I mean, maybe you don't, it's a little more complex, but it requires multiple moving parts. And if you're just stuck in loop mode, you're not going to be able to create these like special moments that make the music move. You're forever just going to have copy paste of level one, level two, level three of the different versions. But, you know, once you have, once you've subtractively kind of created different intensity sections, then you can write arrangement specific parts. Like maybe you have a three note lead that happens at the end of the intro leading into the verse, or maybe you have a, uh, a drop bass that wubs and delays out into the build from the intro you know, and certain stuff like that, you know, like I said, you can only explore certain parts of your skill within that context of arrangement, transitions, connecting sections. And so, um, you know, just keep that in mind. If you're finding like, 
oh, uh, this artist talks about using reverb throws all the time, but I listen to their drops and they're not doing it. And I listen to their intros and they're not doing it. I'll listen to the techniques that they use to, to merge the sections and to transition the flow of energy. Cause I almost see that as like a separate skill set. There's loopable ideas. And then I think we talked about this before, Evan, but you have like loop ideas or like riffs that would be the, on a guitar would be like a riff. And then I have like, I call them adventure sections because they're instead of having like a A, B, A, B melody that's very repetitive and hooky, maybe you have in the build section a melody that just starts off really low and never repeats, but it just keeps ascending. And maybe there's like a little motif in there, but the point is that the melody starts low and brings the song up high and we never return to this section. So that I would call an adventure section because we're leaving and going to somewhere else and never like traveling down that road again. So yeah, that's just kind of what helps me conceptualize these ideas. And uh, I don't want to say I very strictly think in terms of black and white, but I do definitely ask myself, is this more of like a repetitive riff kind of idea? Or is this a adventure section where we can go off and not worry so much about you know, I don't want to say not worry about the middle, but we're way more concerned with where are we starting and where are we ending rather than like focus too much on like uh, hooks and like strict melodic structure yeah. and stuff like that. It's almost yeah. like a guitar solo would be. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the loop section versus the adventure section, because like some parts of your music you want to keep people at an energy level and then maybe just like slowly step it up by like adding a faster hi-hat after a while or a polyrhythm mm. or something. But basically like the kick, the snare, the sub, the lead are are doing like versions of itself over and over that keep you at this either like breakdown energy level or drop energy level mm -hmm. that like here we are, we've arrived it's going to like evolve lightly through here, but basically we're saying here, and then there's other sections where it's like the whole point of this section is to either bring you from there to there, low to high energy or high to low energy, or transition you over to like some sort of bridge curveball section where, mm -hmm. where now you're prepared for everything to be different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's a big thing I found with my students in terms of uh, helping them, helping my technically savvy students who know Ableton, who know FL, who know these DAWs really well, actually start to create really interesting and, you know, uh, attention grabbing music. Because um, one thing I realized that took a lot of pressure off me and, and, and everybody that I've worked with who I passed this on to, I realized early, like in, in my guitar days even, that you didn't always have to write the coolest riff. You didn't always have to shred. You can you can chug a groovy rhythm uh, and, and use some power chords, like three, four power chords, and come up with something really, really dope. And maybe in the intro, you play it on a single string, and then in the chorus, you just jam out, and then maybe you add some color notes on top of the chords for the bridge. And I would just realize, like, these bands are really just 
using simple kind of chords, but just playing them at different intensities or creating really simple riffs, but playing it on these strings for a section versus the low ones in this section, or they're playing it up an octave, or they're hammering on this time or adding an extra note. It's all about the progression of ideas. And it really helped me in the early stages of my writing to not get too caught up on writing the perfect part. And in fact, taking a step back and writing a part that has some space to breathe is a little immature, is is a little, um, it, it has potential to grow. It's not everything that it has to be all right at once. And so if I can just come up with some nice chords, for example, well, maybe my chorus or my drop can just be those chords being played by a, a harder timbre synth and and maybe like a lead on top of that. And then the rest of the basis of my song is the chords alone, you know, yeah. um, little, little variations like synth or, you yeah, know, maybe off the grid, yeah, strummed, arpeggiated. Yeah. Yeah. The banana, yeah, all that kind of stuff. The, the banana doesn't start life yellow. It Ooh, has he's to be in the green matrix. first. Uh oh, you cut What's out a little robot, buddy. Kenny. What? Oh, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he's deep um, in the matrix. Am I? Am I back now? Is is this still the matrix? Nah, you're what? still in the matrix, This is crazy because normally Zoom is like your internet connection sucks if it sucks, but apparently, based on your laughing, it's all sucks. I heard is your connection sucks, and yes, <laughs> <laughs> brutal. So brutal. You might have to rejoin here, buddy. Sound like uh, a robot turkey. That's so lame. Okay, see you guys um, in a sec. But yeah, we were talking about um, different uh, different sections. What did we just say? Oh, good God. I think uh, Evan said something about... I said something about oh, yeah. bananas. Something, something like that. Can you still hear me? One thing no. I wanted to bring up uh, to fill time yeah. <laughs> was how... Like, don't be afraid to, like, rewrite and rework the sections mm -hmm. if they're not working. Because, yes. like, for example, um, I was working on a song with our boy Chris Paxton, who's been on the podcast. Um, and we, you know, basically finished it up this week uh, after it being kind of in the works for about a year. And we started, you know, with the with the, an acapella from a rapper that I put some chords on that we made a build up and a drop and then you know, took that drop and reworked it into a second drop. And then we're kind of like sitting there like, okay, I think this is pretty good, but it's not quite there. And then, you know, coming back to it and, and working it, it was like, okay, well, what do we got here right now? Verse or drop one is like, I, and then drop two, we like reworked drop one in a way better way. And instead of being like, we have the all right version, then the really good version or vice versa. It was mm -hmm. like, let's just scrap drop one and cannibalize it for the parts that work from it, but like take what works better about drop two and chill it out for drop one. So like we had these big mid bases in both drops and I had the idea, like what if we just didn't have the mid bases in drop one and did more of like a trap drop so that when the dubstep drop comes in second, it's like a whole step up in intensity. Mm -hmm. And that worked really well. And then... You know, we were like, yeah, okay, 
we've got this pre, you know, the last line of the rap verse was like, you can feel the bass. And so we like did a build out of that and put it as the pre-drop vocal. But we realized, man, that's like generic as shit. You can feel the bass. Yeah, I hope so. It's a fucking EDM song. If you can't, we don't belong here. Right. (laughs) It's like, that doesn't belong in this stage, in this set. So we like reworked the, the section and be like, Oh, what if we take this other lyric that's earlier in the verse and then like make some space, like have that lyric hit, leave some space with the delay, have this other lyric, use that for the buildup and then come back to that previous lyric that actually is a better song face. And then looking at like, okay, the, we're not getting a very good, uh, we're not getting a very good transition from the build into the drop. Like when it hits the drop, it's like, whoa, like it's kind of very different. So what can we do to bring that in? Like did that trick where we take part of the drop lead, use it in the buildup, but like filter it way out and put a fat reverb on it, like far away racket and have it like kind of transition in. So like by the Mm -hmm. end of the drop, you're like, Oh wait, I'm, I'm hearing that thing in the background. What's that? And then it drops and you're like, Oh shit, that's the lead. I was prepared for it because that rhythm and that tone have been teasing into my ears for the last eight bars. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, Peter Parker getting bit by the spider and you're like oh I know some shit's gonna happen the movie's called Spider-Man and you just got bit by a spider it's like it's the little like lead in it's like the hook before the the drop section to let you know like something's coming and it's gonna be big and that's why we're taking a whole section to get there because it's gonna be a drastic enough change yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and I feel you on that rewriting part too. I feel like the songs that I really love, the real magic moments always come together in the rewriting stage, always come from me laying out all my ideas first and then coming back to it and realizing like, oh man, you know, these 16 bars here are cool. But if I just take the element I added in the second half and I do uh, four bars of this four bars. So I take the two, eight bar sections and I do the first four bars of this one. And the last four bars of this one, I can condense down the same idea into, you know, a section less and keep the interest higher, keep things moving at a quicker speed. And, um, and, and, you know, you can really get, excuse me, more effective ideas by by keeping the pacing up. And sometimes it's not evident when you're writing what the appropriate pacing is because you're just finding like, all right, I need, you know, a level up. I need, you know, two parts to my verse and I need one new element in in the second half. And then you realize, oh, actually, I could just go for a shorter verse. And you know, while, while uh, uh, twice as long, it's like, okay, if I just shorten this down, I can keep these parts coming in every two to four bars and keep the energy fresh and, and make it a really effective short verse rather than trying to like expand this into being twice as long as it needs to. And then it's getting a little redundant because a, you don't know where to take it or B you've already filled up so much space in the mix that now you're detracting from the negative space by continuing to add more and it would just make the track convoluted. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I find that that happened to me a lot, like getting getting too full mm-hmm. and then trying to squeeze more stuff in. Like, yeah, man, well, works. beginning of the drop and it's got all these things and it needs to have all these things. So it's big. And then and then like trying to shoehorn more ideas in or then you take something away for later in the drop and it's like, oh, the energy just stepped down where it should have stepped up. And then realizing like, no, you already wrote this, the end of the drop. Now go copy that before itself and, or, you know, copy it after itself and take things away from the first half until you get something dope. Like, and how many times have you been at a show where the drop hits and you're like going crazy and you think back and you're like, there was like three or four elements total in yeah. that whole section. Kick, yeah. snare, sub, maybe a synth, maybe one hi-hat, you know, like something really, really simple. And you're like, oh shit, this is blowing my mind. But then they have all this room to step up and all this space for those elements to be giant. Yeah. And, and two, the thing you'll notice with like, if it's more minimal kind of style, uh, they'll be doing a lot of different variations subtly to kind of keep your interest. But if you're going for a more, um, uh, poppier kind of or accessible style or more in your face things will be switching up more often the thing is um just recognize like when your sections are trying to get too much out of what you have so for example if you're doing a full ass melodic dubstep track with a lot of layers a lot of elements a lot of whatever and you have 10 layers of super saw chords and you have 12 layers of bells and four layers of pads and blah, blah, blah. Then it's like, cool. I have four eight bar sections. Let me just put a quarter of the elements in the first quarter, half of the elements in the second quarter, another, you know, you, you just, you make the composition, uh, just more dense with the layers, but like for a more minimal kind of track, don't be trying to make a 32 bar drop. If, if all you have is kick snare sub, and like some little sound effects, you're going for something more minimal. If you can make a really solid 16 bar drop or 24 bar drop, just do that and condense down your ideas to just make something more effective, more catchy, more interesting, more multi-dimensional and, and satisfy our ADD brains, satisfy people's 2022 OCD, ADD, uh, you know, attention starved, uh, highly distracted brain and just give me like the crack cocaine version of, of what you got. Don't, don't dilute it down and make me have to sit through more time than necessary to digest the idea because people are going to skip your song versus if you just give them all the kind of best parts, no filler, then when they're hooked, you can start to put out subpar material. But until then, <laughs> until then, you can't pass that off as an artistic choice. Yeah, I like I like that, man. I think that's a really important thing to like reiterate again. Like it, one thing I like to tell people is like the songwriting part is about what ideas do you have. But like the production and engineering part is about what can you actually pull off. And like, if you're finding that like part of a section you can't pull off, pull it out of the song. It's better to have a shorter, simpler song that works all the way through than one where you like tried to cram in that second drop just because you think you need two drops 
yeah. and you think you need a song to be four minutes, why can't the song be two minutes with one drop? Just build up, drop, outro, so you can DJ in and out of it. Like, why? There's no, there's no rule written anywhere that your song needs to have two drops or needs to be this long. Like, a lot of songs are really short these days, and I would rather listen to a short song that's dope all the way through that doesn't try to overextend itself than one that that doubles up on length just to do it. So, like, Amen. think about that. Like, if a section's not working, what if you just cut it out? Just grab it, move it to the end of the song, and take that space away and see how the song works. You might be surprised, like, oh, my God, that's what I needed. Like, again, I just want to bring it back to it's not always about addition. Sometimes subtraction is the way out of your problem and into a dope song. Yeah. Do less. Take the things Definitely. that work really well and do them and then get the fuck out of here. So I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. And I think this would be a great last point to end on. Mm-hmm. Find the things that are working really well and do that. Make that the point of the song. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Don't give me an extended interlude middle section when everybody came for the drop. Everybody came for the hook. Everybody came for the singable chorus. Give me that three times, two, three, four times and have some sections to switch it up in the middle. But I don't want to I mean, I want to because I'm a music producer and I care about that. But people in general don't want to hear about your long musical stream of consciousness rants in your verses and your pre-choruses and all that. That should just be the little spice that goes in between the main part of your song. If you have a really solid drop idea and it's memorable and it's got an identifiable rhythm or melody to it or something... Don't give me three different drops. Give me one really dope thing that I can digest by the end of the track. Maybe switch it up in the second half. Maybe switch it up for the third drop if you do one. But don't feel like I have two 32-bar drops and they each have four eight-bar sections. And every eight-bar section, I need to switch the flow up. Because if you give me that many different flows i won't have anything when the song is done to hum to myself because i will have digested what uh uh eight different ideas and and you know instead of me like bobbing my head to it after being like oh i want to hear that like and i just that found I, I just do that a couple times and now it's like embedded in your head and there's a bounce to it. But if I start going, it's like, that's cool and it's exciting and you're keeping the energy up. But like, what's the first thing I just sung? You don't, you don't have that to take away with you. So if you can find a really catchy, memorable part of your song, deliver that as many times as possible. Keep some progression going, yeah. Just make that as big as possible and then treat the other sections in the middle as as an opportunity to show those elements in a new light or to pull back a little, but don't spend a minute and a half in your verse section and doing an extended buildup and blah, 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 all that shit because no one wants to hear it. We want to hear 
Like I said, the crack cocaine version of your song, the chorus, the drop, give that to me two, three times, call it a day, move on to the next song. If you have a really strong idea, you want to go off on a rabbit hole in the verse, just make that the chorus or the drop for the next song and use that lead, use that vocal melody, use that sound design to just star in a new show. You feel me? Amen. Here for it. Cool. Yeah, don't bore us. Get to the chorus, man. That that will change your songwriting. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, thinking about, I mean, certain genres, like maybe like Deep House or something, if that's what you're doing, and you, you're like, no, it has to be eight minutes and not change. Like, okay, cool. If you are the exception of the rule, have fun over there. But for most of us, for most of us humans listening and talking, you know, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. What's your actual one main idea that people are going to remember and tell people what's that purple cow remarkable thing where people are like, Oh, you got to hear this song that goes like that or that yeah. has this lyric that I keep coming back to. Like what's your thing? Present that thing multiple ways. Make sure they know what that thing is by the end of the song, whether it's that really cool sound design bass hit you did on the one of every of every two bar section for your whole drop and then have different things that call and respond with it. Or if it's that pre-drop lyric that you cut up a few times from the verse, like give them, give them that thing that reminds them why they listen to this song that they listen to the song and why they're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It should undeniably be the thing in the song. It shouldn't be one of eight sections. It should be the one section that happens 60% of the time throughout the song. Like any, any single big song you can think of, the first one that comes to your head, I guarantee has a very identifiable part that you could communicate to me. For example, the first one, A Bay Bay or uh, Fishers, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Yeah, the horn, the stabby melody. Think about think about that melody or the bass line that goes on the whole time. The melody of it. But that's the whole framework for the song. That one thing. And if I tell you that song, I can hum that one melody and you know exactly what it is. If you have two drops and every four to eight bars, you're switching to a new flow, new sound, new this, you're not keeping steady with any kind of rhythmic motif, then there's not, then you have eight melodies in your song. And if I hum one, maybe the one that stuck out to me isn't the one that stuck out to Luke, isn't the one that stuck out to Evan. And I could be like, you know, that song that goes blah, blah, blah. I hum it. And then they don't know what I'm talking about because the melody that spoke to them is, is, uh, the second half of the second drop. And they don't even recall the first one. And like, if, if it's strong enough, just make it its own song. Mm-hmm. You know, and just give me if I came for the first half of the first drop, that specific melody, that should be that song. And if Luke likes the second half of drop two and is distinct enough, it should be its own song, just like Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola Zero are pretty damn close. But if I buy a Coke, don't give me that Coke Zero shit. And I'm sure anybody buying a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke or whatever would be very upset to get a regular Coke and so on. 
these these distinctions really really make a difference even if they're minute and if you're finding that the song is getting to be too much just split split it into multiple songs yeah simplify it keep it simple like especially as you're learning like that's one thing to close on that like i see a lot of people do like oh well g jones did yada 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 so i want to do that it's like yeah but he's like the best person at the most complicated genre of bass music there is. Like, it's okay if you're not there. And most artists that aren't G. Jones aren't G. Jones, turns out. So, like, let that go. Like, and, you know, that's the kind of music where unless you're executing it at 110%, like, nobody cares. So, like, pull it back a little bit, again, like, to what you can pull off. You know, we've got these crazy ideas. Maybe some of those ideas need to be saved for a later tune. And just simplify this one. Shorten this one. Give me, like, hit me with that short and sweet version that makes me want to press press replay and start the track over instead of the version that makes me go, like, okay, I've had enough and cut through it and not come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. 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 I don't know what else to say. Like... You, you got to keep arrangement in mind. It's all context, like we talked about in the beginning. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just a matter of knowing all the cool magic card tricks. If you don't go to a magic convention, nobody's going to care. You're just going to be the weird dude, you know, uh, hassling people at the casino or something like that. And your talents will go unrecognized the same way. Or, or it's like that experiment that the violinist uh, the like this world class violinist did where he played in the New York subway and then nobody really cared. He got a couple of tips and then the same night he went to like play in a theater where the tickets were like 100, 200 bucks and it was sold out. And like it was just talking about the context in which you express your ideas is equally as important. It's like putting a plant outside in the sunlight versus in the shade. Same with same with you know your ideas your techniques everything you're doing if if you know you want to take it to the next level start building up that awareness of when do i use this when do i when do i uh use this musical language to communicate this message in this way mhm amen cool well that's all humans Woo. and make sure you arrange your your stuff in a very pretty way yeah and don't and, get lost in the matrix yeah and if any of you happen to be in the matrix look out for rip kenny he is currently lost yeah. there <laughs> we got some texts talking about how his internet is all the way out so for the first time ever a couple of years in just two of us are gonna tell you peace and peace and among peace worlds, among worlds. Woo! i like it Yes, humans. Thank you for being here with us. On your way out, please remember to go support Rip Kenny on his newest release, How Do I Become? It's playing behind me. There's links down below to Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Or you can check our Spotify playlist with this tune and a whole bunch more good tunes that we've featured in the past. And support our sponsors like Dojo TV, where you can get free producer live stream classes from the producer Dojo Senseis. That's us and our homies giving you free game and you get in the free Discord. It's amazing. 
Tesco's Patreon is also available. He's launched a Patreon channel where you can get access to his educational content, project files, behind-the-scenes footage, access to his Discord chat feedback, and even private lessons with the man himself. Or the weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class over there is free. Hit up thehumanmusicpodcast.com for more episodes, socials, free sound packs, etc. Find our other streaming sites, all that goodness. And uh, until next week, humans, peace. Peace among worlds.